So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK Classic Edition. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 1, Episodes 11 and 12 of Before 90 Days. In this episode, Paul fails to translate his proposal, Larry fails to defend Jenny to his cousin, Sean fails at calculating odds, Patrick fails to win over Miriam, and Jesse fails to explain what his appreciation even means. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dunces, and Life Lessons. If you like what you hear, please support us by subscribing and leaving a 5-star rating. While we cover these classic episodes, we'll also be covering the current season every Monday. Next week, we'll be covering episode 13 in the tell-all, which you can watch on Hulu or Discovery+. Plus. Alright, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy! Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are things? Things are going good, man. We're running off the um, time. We're almost finishing up the season here. Yeah. Um, One more episode left. One more episode left, and we'll debate whether we're actually going to do another season right away because Love After Lockup's coming back. Right, which I got really excited for because apparently there are going to be some new couples, question mark? Yeah, I mean, it looked like... Yeah, I just, I mean, I, I don't think I recognize from, there was a little teaser trailer, like 30 seconds or whatever. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, oh, I don't think I recognized any of them. It was all. Uh, Good. If I have to see Sarah Michael one more time and their real, right? played out storyline. Oh, uh, yeah. All yeah, right. So speaking of played out storylines, <laughs> let's, let's go, let's go to this one because I feel like it's played out now, but back, back when this aired, it wasn't played out. And that's, no. that's our, that's our buddy Darcy. Oh gosh. Right. All right. So after five weeks in Amsterdam and her drunken, you know, night bushes incident, <laughs> things are moving right along as, you know, they're having breakfast together and Jesse feeds Darcy breakfast and, Gives her coffee in a weird glass because, of course, he has weird coffee mugs. Anyway, Jeffy, Jesse feels that they're – after their confrontation, their bond is stronger than ever as they get into the car for a surprise special day for Darcy. The plan is to give her the feeling of something really iconically Dutch. So, windmills. And also because he says he has something he really needs – important he needs to do today. So, he – as they're there, they get kind of cutesy and flirty and he makes up a rule that they need to kiss over on every cute little bridge that they cross over. And then they enter one of the windmills and see the gears and things turning and, and they challenge Darcy's fear of heights by climbing onto the second level. At this point, Jesse shares his real surprise. He gets down on one knee and fakes her out by giving her a ring to show his appreciation God. while also noting that this is not an engagement ring. Uh. He, he says that six weeks is just not enough time to decide to get married. But hey, he got their names engraved on this ring and everything, so that's something, right? Anyway, Darcy was expecting a proposal and isn't sure what this new promise ring status really means. You know, back in the car, she asks him more directly. So, do we say we're promised? We're committed? Are we pre-engaged? <laughs> Jesse starts getting frustrated. He thought he, she would be happy. And he was very clear. It's a ring to show my appreciation. <laughs> uh, he wants to be. He wants her to be more in the moment and stop worrying about like all this other stuff that hasn't happened, like engagements and stuff. All right. So here it is. The 
the the infamous uh, appreciation rate, right? <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> Who has ever so, called it that before him? Yes. So I mean, the the whole concept is is ridiculous. Yes. Um, but I mean, the fact that he got down on one knee. Yes, to give it's it to more her. ridiculous. So we were just talking about this in our regular. Uh, you know, episode, the one that we just recorded. And I said, my life lesson was, you know, it's really cruel if someone really, really wants something to like tease them and give them false hope. And I feel like that's what this is. You know, him getting on one knee. He knows she's desperate and really, really, really wants this proposal. Like that is what she really, really wants. And for him to fake her out like that, it's just mean. Yes. I mean, whatever. If you want to get her any... (laughs) appreciation ring which i mean okay it just seems to me literally pick any other piece of jewelry yes. a necklace a bracelet, bracelet literally earrings. any other piece of jewelry would show your appreciation for him yeah. for her and not be this weird a house key yeah, okay <laughs> maybe not a house key <laughs> yeah but the ring to go for specifically with the ring and to nail down it just it was I mean, he played it off like – it wasn't like the incident we were talking about. The other one where he's playing it off like a joke. He seemed sincere in what he was doing. It just yeah. is really mean, like really, mm-hmm. really cruel. And I, I don't – either he doesn't know how cruel it is or he just – or he just doesn't care. I don't know which one it is. I'm sure production, you know, encouraged him to make it look like it was a proposal in some way. But yes. then – After all of that, for him to get frustrated with her trying to define what exactly the hell happened, right? So what exactly is this? So are we – and he was just like mad. Like, why can't you just appreciate it for what it is? And it's kind of like, She's like, because I'm trying to figure out what it is. Yeah, because it looked like an engagement, right? And so I I understand her confusion and especially because – I don't know if this is something they have in Amsterdam where it's just like people are appreciating everyone every which way with appreciation rings. And it's like, we don't have this concept of appreciation rings in America. So you're really no. going to have to like spell it out what exactly this is supposed to mean. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it is – it was very confusing. I'd be like, what – I am very much the same. What does this mean? Is it, did you give me your – like, is this like a class ring? Are we going steady now? Like, what is this? I don't <laughs> understand. Um, because, yeah, it's, it's like appreciation. I feel like, isn't any gift an appreciation, an appreciation? gift? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I mean, he, he, he went in and like accidentally called it a promise ring for like yes. half a second and then went back to yep. appreciation. Right. Which is also confusing. It's shy of promise ring too. Like we're, we're, we're not quite at promise ring level. I know. I think he needs to like spell out like on a, a, a like a scale. Like if this is engagement ring <laughs> and this is promise ring, where would appreciation <laughs> ring fall on this scale? Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's move on to let's go on to Sean and Abby. So Sean admits him and Abby had a falling out and the relationship is on hold. He just keeps telling himself that she's young and maybe she just doesn't understand what a committed relationship is. Despite everything that's happened, he doesn't want to give up on her. So he goes to her house to talk to her. She answers the door and says, good morning, Sean, super sarcastically. 
She's really pissed about what happened, and she's insisting that Chris is just a friend. Abby and Sean go to talk, and Sean says it's pretty obvious that Abby and Chris are going to have a relationship whether or not he likes it. Abby doesn't see it as choosing Chris over him. Sean brings up how it's shady that Chris is staying four days after he's leaving. Abby tells production that she loves Chris, but as a friend, and then she gives some kind of weird laugh. Sean says he wants to repair this and asks her if she does too. She says she loves him, so Sean asks her not to have physical contact with Chris, and she agrees, as she says, for the sake of love. Sean doesn't really seem happy because it's not really a win, as he'd rather she just never see him again. He then says he will just have to trust she is being honest, and she says exactly. Sean doesn't think that they will be able to move forward until the promise is actualized. It's Sean's last day, and he doesn't think he should propose, given that Chris is still very much in Abby's life. Sean says that they've agreed to just continue their relationship as is and just see how things go. He's mostly concerned she will see Chris as soon as he leaves. Abby believes that everything has a solution, and this too can be worked out. Sean isn't sure how he's feeling about this, and he says it's possible he might realize how dumb this is once there's some distance. Sean kisses Abby goodbye. Abby says she'll miss him, but it's back to being on an online relationship. She immediately messages him to say she misses him and sends a picture of her crying. Sean is still worried that Abby will not keep her word about seeing Chris. Sean thinks that making a bad decision with her could ruin his life. He gives it a 25% chance they'll work out and a 75% chance that she goes back to Chris. He's not really holding out hope given those odds. As soon as he gets home, he sees a text from her saying she loves him. Sean says that he can look for another love of his life if he needs to. All right, how will Sean actually know if Abby kept her word and stayed away from Chris? Because apparently he needs this actual lies before he can trust her. But how does he – how is, is he going to be able to tell? funny because he literally says, well, I guess I'm just going to have to trust you. And she's like, yeah, that's how this works. Like yeah. there, there is no other way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't – I, I don't know how he could possibly know. Like, he, th- it's never going to be good enough. We've talked about this with people who are jealous all the time. Like, yeah. whatever you're afraid of, like, it's never going to go away. They're never going to be able to do enough to prove to you um, that, it, that, that, that they're doing what you want them to do. It's, it's literally impossible. Yeah. But, yeah. like, oh, it just – I don't know. It seemed – hmm. I, I, I have my suspicions about Abby – just her – yeah. The way she quickly – so quickly kind of went back on the, oh, all right, well, fine. I will – you know, we can be back together now. Yeah. Um, seems After like, she didn't even want to talk to him. Yeah. Seems like because we – you know, the suspicion of her being like just trying to get to the US, just trying to get that green card, right? Seems a little bit higher when she's so willing to forgive, like not forgive but to go like – Oh, we're broken up. I never want to see you again. Big mistake. And then like, oh, okay. That does make me a little curious about, you know, Chris's situation because we don't really know that much. And I don't think they would make a big deal on this show about it. But if there was some situation where Chris has a wife 
you know, and maybe they're just separated and he's not able to marry her and bring her over. Is that the reason why they kind of carry sure. on this kind of like side chick kind of relationship, even though they do both want to be together? But she's trying to she's just trying to get to the U.S. So whatever guy's available and willing and able to. Yeah, because Chris has this weird – that weird situation where he kind of – he winters in the DR, right? Yes. Um, and so, I don't know what goes on in terms of like, you know, passports and visas and things like that and how you like, even arrange that situation. But we're assuming he spends the rest of a year in the US. Right, With right. Lord knows who. Like, we don't know what his situation is at all. You're right. Yeah. So, like, but, yeah. Okay. So, I was, I was a little confused because it wasn't until you were saying the recap that I was like – when he said no physical contact with Chris, mm-hmm. see, when it, when I watched the show for some reason in my head, it stuck – it meant like, no, I don't want you to physically be in the same place. But did he mean like you can meet with each other, just don't touch each other? Yeah, um, that's how I kind of read it because like physical contact and it's like, why does she even have to – isn't that assumed to be like – why are you having to explicitly say this? This is – this is not a good relationship if you're having to make that kind of agreement before. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, so what I mean, because well, I mean, because obviously, let's be let be frank, their physical relationship, their physical contact before in the in the things before they met Sean was completely yeah. inappropriate for somebody who's in a relationship. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just like, uh, you know, put putting his hand on her back or just like rubbing her hand or rubbing her leg. No. Yeah, absolutely. That part. But it's not like Sean knows that that all happened at this point. So the True. fact that he's av- even having to say, don't have any physical contact with him. It's like, I feel like that's unspoken, right? Just everybody should know that. That seems really right. obvious. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm not a toucher of people. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of get it because I, and, and part of it is not because I don't like you know, enjoy t- like touching people. It makes it sound like dirty and weird when I say it like that. <laughs> Inappropriately touching people. Appropriately touching people. <laughs> but appropriately, I don't even like I, – I kind of, um, you know, back off from appropriately touching because I feel like initiating contact with people like is um, like weirdly aggressive sometimes. And it would be like, you know, I have to make sure that this touch is welcome. Even if it's something like maybe yeah. not a handshake but like a shoulder pat right. and a hug and stuff. Like because we've all been around people who are like – you're touching my shoulder, but I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a, you know, hug, but it's like, but there's nothing, I can't pinpoint why it's bad, but I don't like it and I don't want you to do it. Um, but that's the physical. So I kind of shy away from it at all. But I mean, it is weird to be like, hey, this guy you consider like your BFF, one of your great friends, when you get together with him, you can't say, you can't have a good, you can't hug each other. Hello. Like that's weird. Like yeah. it is – it's not weird to say, yeah, he can't caress your leg or stroke your right. – or stroke your shoulder, <laughs> stroke your arm like sensually. But yeah, you, like sometimes you're going to like say hi and then, and, you know, give each other a hug when you leave. Like that, that that's pretty normal. Yeah. I, and I think also just Sean giving the odds the way he does. Yeah. It's kind of like this relationship is done, right? Totally. Totally. How could you think that, you know, to me, that percentage is really a reflection of how much trust he has in her. Right. You know, so it's like yes. 25% she'll end up with me. 75%, I think you're really – something shady is going on. You're going to go back to Chris. Like that's how much I trust you. Yeah. I trust you 25%. And yeah. it's – I don't know. I, I 
trust her less because I think her I think her entire gambit is whatever. I'm gonna I'll take I'll do whatever I want to do. Maybe you'll find out. Maybe you won't. I don't care. Yeah, um, I kind of feel that way too because she's benefiting from this because. And this is just like the, you know, um, added issues and added levels, layers of your relationship when it is dependent on money. You know, you you do have to kind of wonder if you're freely giving them money, there's a benefit to being with you, even if they don't want to be with you. Right. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. Well, we, and we saw this in, you know, maybe not in this, we definitely saw it. And when we did Love After Lockup, like there's people mm-hmm. who are like, fine, if you're going to keep giving me money, I'll hang around. Like until yeah. you stop giving me checks. Like it's worth that. Who cares if it goes to shit because I don't really care about this relationship. Right. So even I'll if you think like I'm the worst train, person. Yeah. yeah. And like I'm getting something from it. Like what do I have to lose? The money that you're – the future money you're giving me? Eh. So it's kind of like, well, let me just try to get what I can out of it. Totally. Yeah. All right. So, moving on to – let's go to Courtney and Antonio. So, Antonio is up in the morning cooking for his sugar mommy. Oh, God. Courtney is happy with how things are going right now, specifically because not only did they meet with one of his friends, but, you know, the meeting went well. That's a recap from before. She tells us that they did have sex and it was <laughs> better than she expected due to the connection, the chemistry, and the passion. As he cooks, they are very flirty, and Antonio is glad that her face is much more shiny than before. Anyway, they sit down to eat. They sit down to have breakfast, and Antonio, for some reason, is just in his underwear when Courtney notices that the AC unit is leaking water and the apartment is starting to heat up. So, while Antonio is cracking jokes about sleeping on the beach, Courtney is getting worried about tonight. She's frustrated that Antonio doesn't seem to be taking the situation seriously. Because it gets really hot and it's going to be very hot that night. And isn't, and he isn't interested in any of her solutions. He thinks she's being overdramatic. It's just a little warm and we'll sleep with the window open. So anyway, after that, after that, we learned that from a title card that Antonio, you know, instead of like fixing the AC or sleeping with the window open, he left and went to his mom's house and he just disappeared like for 24 hours. Courtney hasn't heard from him yet. Again, it's been 24 hours. So she has to stay in the hot no AC apartment. Well, you know, he went – by the way, he went to his money to get mo- – went to his mother to get money and do laundry. Speaking which, of sugar mommy. <laughs> yeah, speaking of sugar mommy. So anyway, Courtney is drinking wine and sitting – thinking, you know, this relationship isn't going to work when he comes back and is just like, hey, all right, you ready to go? Because it's time to go for flamenco dancing because he clearly didn't think there was any problem at all here. Courtney says that she doesn't want to go because he made her cry by leaving her alone and not communicating with her at all. Antonio says, hey, listen, I needed money and I needed laundry and, you know, we needed to have space from each other. We've been together for like a week. Yeah, I don't want to be – and he doesn't want to be with anybody 24-7. So, she starts crying again as, you know, she describes her – she starts talking about her feelings. So, he yes, let's take this wine away <laughs> because, again, he doesn't really seem to understand what's going on here at all. He's used to being alone or he's confused why she was upset because she was alone. They talk a little bit more about it and Antonio backs down almost immediately before leaving the apartment for fresh air. Anyway, Courtney is disappointed that he uh, – every time they get into a serious conversation, he just says, all right, all right, whatever you want and then leaves. Anyway, so after this big fight, Courtney slept on the couch and Antonio left again before she woke up. 
She's putting on her mascara and hoping she doesn't cry again because she's getting tired of reapplying it. When they get when he gets back, they, you know, pretty much pick the fight right from where they started the last time. Antonio's like, I needed to have time alone. I needed more space. But Courtney is like, I don't understand. We've, we're like trying to figure out if we should be together. Um, doesn't that mean spending time together? So anyway, then he eventually says, you know, I know, no, no, I want you to stay here. And he says, Courtney has big feelings for him, but he needs more time for those big feelings to develop. So when they go eat, Courtney tells us, you know, how she's how she's feeling in an interview. And she says she might be more invested in Antonio than she thought she was. So they go to the Flamenco Club and watch the dancers as Antonio tells us in her interview that he isn't sure he's ready to be in a serious relationship. So I was very confused by Antonio's behavior. Mm-hmm. What what was he hoping for with this visit? I don't understand what he thought he was getting. I think he thought he was getting some sex. Like, yeah. But okay, but okay, even still, yes, he was getting late, right? But it was still like, for the hope of getting laid, I'm going to have this woman over for two weeks straight. And, and I don't like being with anybody for two weeks straight. Obviously, he, he had to piece out of there already. I yeah. mean, did he think he was just – is it because she's being too emotional? And he just thought, listen, I thought this was going to be like just sex and eating and we're doing other things and I, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, I think that. I think that <laughs> he was probably thinking that she wasn't going to show up anyway. You know, uh, because he obviously didn't clear his schedule out for this as, you know, evidenced by the first day that they were there. So I think there is a part of him that just didn't expect this to happen. And now that it is happening and, you know, and I could absolutely see him like flirting like, oh, you know, if you came over here, blah, 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 and doing it to flirt. And then she was actually serious. And so she ends up and he's kind of like, oh, okay, this girl is coming over. Well, you know, okay, two weeks of, you know, fun vacation sex, you know, and then like that be it and i don't think that this guy was thinking about a serious relationship the whole time even though he was talking to her at least that's what she claims that she was he was talking to her about you know these kind of serious aspects you know something that i actually just thought about was you know if we kind of take what we stereotypically think of as men wanting from I don't even want to say a relationship, but yeah, kind of from women, it's, it just seems like, okay, you know, if their goal is to get laid, that's a very short term goal, right? And then if a woman's, uh, or I don't want to say, put this on women, but you know, if the other person's goal is like a relationship, that's a very long term goal. The person who has the short term goal can like do things to make it seem like, you know, they... Sure. You know, are in line with the long term goal, and they can get what they want out of it and peace out. Right. And it just doesn't because what seem they fair, want, but yeah, what what what, yeah. The, what the what the what the person in it for sex what happens like that's going to happen as part of a long term relationship. So right. as soon as it does happen, they can be like they're yeah, they just peace out and they get what they want. And I, it sucks that it has to like that's the situation because. You know, it does make the people that want more of the long-term thing feel like they're they're getting, like, tricked into, 
you know, like, oh, we're really that's my goal. Right. Because Antonio was like basically tricking Courtney into thinking that he was thinking about things long term. Like she even said at the beginning of the season, you know, he was talking about things like marriage and kids, which makes her think that he's on the long term train. When in reality, he's just saying those things to get in her pants. Yeah, you know, and as yeah. soon as he gets what he wants, all of a sudden he doesn't have to act like that anymore. And that's what makes me feel the most sad for Courtney out of all this is, yeah, he was a jerk, but he was a jerk after he got what he wanted, which was basically to get laid. Like he was really, you know, pouring on thick, like trying to romance her, be fun, you know, be like cutesy and everything. And then once he got what he wanted, all of a sudden he's just like this careless asshole. I mean, it's not like he was fantastic before. Like, no, he thing, wasn't. He was already like he wouldn't say you're my boyfriend, you're my girlfriend, or my boyfriend. Well, he, he did he, agree to it at some point, right? But he also, I, part of it is he also just agrees to stuff and is gonna be like this lady is gonna be in my apartment for like however much longer. I just need to like she's gonna be here. I just need to like give her what she wants until she's gone. <laughs> Again, another short term goal is yes. just to like. You're right. It's just maximize the amount of sex I can have on this trip. And then when she leaves, whatever, it's fine. Like, yeah. but it is, it does, you know, strike the red, the red flag of wh- how serious did he, was he ever going to take this if he wouldn't even talk to you on the phone? Yes. That, yeah. I mean, the, <sighs> I don't want to victim blame. And I do kind of see Courtney as a victim in this case. But I I mean, the, there are things that if this were – if I were Courtney, that I would have seen this for what it was. Like, this guy is a total fuckboy, you know? Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, wouldn't like, believe that he wanted anything long term. Right. But it's like – it's funny because he had mentioned that and it's like – it is – that's the part – I guess that's the part. Let me back up. That's the part where being a fuckboy is fine, like, if that's what you want. Right, but it's the part where you're tricking other people to do it. It's the part where yes. when he said eh, every time, we, every time I tried to bring up sex, she got all weird and like changed the conversation. It's like, all right, mm. then you need to move on to somebody else because that's clearly not what she's into, and that's yeah. not what she's here for, right? And so the part where you feel like you're going to be like, nah, I'm going to make it go anyway, just because I have her on the hook, right? That that that's the part where where it gets more fucked up. Yeah, we were actually just talking about this uh, because I had a really weird online dating week where some very bizarre things are <laughs> happening. And one of the things that had happened kind of early on the week was I basically had gotten stood up uh, from this guy and he, you know, when he finally got in contact with me to kind of tell me what was going on, he basically just didn't really prioritize it. And it ends up that he, I mean, he was kind of honest. I mean, it took, you know, I... I kind of was just like, just tell me what's going on. Like, just tell me the truth, right? I don't, I don't want to wade through your bullshit and I don't want to have to figure out what it is that you're trying to say. And he just finally came out and was just like, look, like, I'm not really looking for a serious relationship right now. And sometimes I get horny. And it's kind of like, yes, I wish you would just be upfront with that. And then I can decide if that's what I want or not. And some women would decide, like, yes, that's what they want. But now I feel like I'm being tricked into it, and that just doesn't make me feel good. Like, right? You I mean, know, it's, it's, be upfront with your intentions. Yeah, and it's it's definitely something where you know, having been a bit on the other side of that, it's just like that 
you know, hey, I'm horny. Anybody out there want to like <laughs> sure. help with that? Is just like screaming, is just like yelling into a void, right? Like, turns out, nope, nope. I mean, like I said, there are those, there are those women there, but like, I mean, but most of the time, it's like you have to kind of be ready for it. Yeah, that's, you have to understand that a lot of people are not looking for that. And so a lot of people are just going to be like, no thanks and move on. But it's like, and it's really, I can see where it's tempting, not right, but tempting to try to be like, well, this is the only opportunity I have, so let me see if I can make this work. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, I just I I don't like feeling like I'm being tricked into like having sex with someone. Just for you to sure. be like afterwards, oh, I wasn't really actually looking for anything serious. Right. You know, but I just told you I was before because Oh yeah, you know. no, that's 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 a line for me too. I would I would I would I wouldn't do that. Like it's yeah. like if, if you're not looking for something serious, you can. It, you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna find it all the time. It's not gonna be like oh you're gonna have somebody new every every week, but it's gonna be like you, you should be able to, you know, you aren't owed anything, and you and you don't right. get to you don't get to trick people and and mislead people into getting what you want, um, at the expense of what they want. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move on and talk about Paul and Carini. So Paul is talking to Carini after the incident of him running off into the woods and uh, telling her about his criminal past. He's now concerned he will lose her, which doesn't make any sense to me. He told her that he, she shouldn't be with him anyway. But anyways, now he's, com- you know, concerned he's going to lose her. Carini is upset that he left her and she blames him for being attacked. She asks him if he's capable of harming her or her family based on the criminal past, and he says never, and that was in his past. Karini thinks that he has a lot to prove and just wants him to be honest with her. Paul says it will be different from here on out. Karini still looks really upset, but tells him that she forgives him because she loves him. But she says there may come a day when she doesn't forgive him. Paul just smiles like an idiot and says in the interview that her forgiveness is a huge deal. Paul is concerned he only has two days left with her to prove that he's a good man and to get back on track to a proposal. Karini agrees to go back to the hotel with him. Paul is at the receptionist's desk at his hotel lobby trying to figure out the perfect location for a proposal. Paul thinks he should propose because he's never been with a woman who has loved and accepted him completely. Paul is scared to leave the hotel after what happened the day before, so he's not risking anything, so he's planning on proposing just outside the hotel grounds. There is a random chain, like a boat chain or something, that's laid out in the shape of a heart, and Paul takes that as a sign from God that this is the place that he should propose. He's trying to write in the sand, but he abandons that idea because he can't figure out the Portuguese. Paul asks Karini if she wants to go for a walk. His phone is acting slow, which he worries will affect the translator app. Paul says he's nervous wreck as they approach the chain in the shape of a heart. Karini is trying to translate the message that Paul has written in English to Portuguese, and the translator app is just taking forever. So Paul just decides to get down on one knee with the ring, and she's ignoring him because she's trying to figure out what this message is saying. She finally gets the translation, and she looks shocked, but doesn't know what to say. He just keeps saying, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Oh, man. He doesn't get an answer, but thinks this is the best time to try put the ring on her finger? 
Okay, so we don't really get her reaction quite yet. So it's yeah, kind they, of cliffhanger. They cliffhanger for us, for us. Yep. Yeah. Okay, but why do you think that Paul abandoned writing the uh, proposal I, in Portuguese? Because he's an idiot and couldn't figure out how to do it? Like I was going to say, how hard is it to like – I mean, it's not like they're using a different kind of alphabet. No, it, you would think you would just be able to type it into your messenger, your whatever Which translator he did you're already, using. And he was like in the process of it. copying it off I don't of know. his phone. I, I was so And then he's like, no, this isn't gonna work. I I it's incredibly easy to write things in the sand, and especially you're right, because it's not like they use a different alphabet. It's not like he's no. trying to write it in using kanji or something like that. It's yeah. just the regular it's just different words. I just he's really dumb. Like, yeah, it, it's, I'm getting that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, especially like, oh my god, yeah, a, a heart. Oh, okay, it's shaped like a heart. You're trying to propose the marriage marriage with someone with a literal goddamn chain. Like, yeah, I, like that is. I get that he saw that it was in the shape of a heart, but like, think one step beyond that metaphor, Paul. Is a chain really the thing you want to bring into this relationship? Mm-hmm. I plan on chaining you to me, locking you down, you locking will it. Be, yes, I will you, be your ball and chain, kind of like yeah. prison, which I have been there, <laughs> which I have also been to. Yes, like and especially because, like, I don't know, but the part that got me was. You know, he was talking to the, the hotel guy when they were going down to the chain um, mm-hmm. and they were just like – he was like, well, how long does it take you to learn English? And the guy spoke great English. It was like three years and here we are like what, four years later and neither yeah, of them can know, speak right? anything <laughs> anybody else's language? Well, I mean, in their defense, his English was okay. Pretty surface level, I think. And I mean, Karini's English is – It's better. I would say a about the same as that guy's English? I don't know, but it is. I mean, certainly that so? guy's English is better than Paul's Portuguese. Oh, pff, well, yeah, but I mean, that doesn't take a lot, right? If you actually yeah. learned how to say more than please or thank you, because I think that's the only thing Paul knows how to say. Which is insane after living in Port- in Brazil for like a year. That's crazy. But he relies on Karini. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it is that, but I mean, it's supposed to take like, like, I mean, it's, uh, what they say with total immersion, it's supposed to take like, what, seven months before you're like, not like fluent, but like, able enough to- Enough to get by. Enough sure, to get that by. that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, like, the idea that he was like, I don't know, it's just so, ugh. And so, yeah, and then she couldn't even read it, and then she tried, he, he did write something in English, right? Yes. And she couldn't translate it because they were out of- I guess they, they were Ranger, not – He had no a range and have a signal. And he's just like – eventually he just decides to kneel there and she doesn't notice it. It's and so he had the awkward. goofiest look on his face and then he just keeps on saying yes? Yes? It's like, oh my right. gosh, Paul. Right. And like, yes, yes. And not even like in Portuguese. Like, yes, in Portuguese. See? See? Oh like nothing. Gosh. Oh, man. Just uh, – I just yeah. – it, 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 from here on to the thing, it's, it's, I just don't – I don't understand a, so much about this. How they could possibly be in a relationship where they can't talk to each other. How – like – and how Karini just goes so hot and cold with him of just I hate you and then – but I love you. But I hate you, you know, all the time. And she mostly seems like she hates him. So, I'm confused by that as well. Right. Why at the end of the day is she like, I seriously love you after all that stuff that happened? 
Like, yeah. It's just, ugh. Yeah, makes no sense to me either. All right. So, um, last up for me is Patrick and Miriam. This one kind of made me mad, actually. Anyway, so the two of them are still doing the tourist thing in Paris, this time taking selfies in front of the Eiffel Tower. Patrick again reminds us of the situation, that Miriam had a boyfriend and, you know, he sees an opening for himself because she complained about her boyfriend one time. Anyway, the plan is to change everything up now and do something that Patrick picked out, which is going to an MMA gym. Miriam says that her emotions are very confused. Anyway, after warming up, Patrick chooses, you know, for them to – the first thing that they'll work on is the pummel drill, which just so happens to involve them basically hugging for a long time. (laughs) Uh, This eventually becomes too awkward to carry on and they finish the workout with like, you know, gloves and punching and stuff as you would expect from an MMA drill. Anyway, after the workout, Miriam is pretty out of it because she didn't appreciate Patrick's efforts to get way too physically close. Outside of the gym, she blames her being out of sorts on her boyfriend, so Patrick talks some more shit about the boyfriend. Miriam is confused and uncomfortable because she can see where this is obviously going and she doesn't like that he's, you know, being passive-aggressively pushy about dating him instead. So, Patrick on the streets is like, is there anything I can do to fix things? And Miriam walks away, starts crying, and accuses him of playing with her feelings. Patrick catches up and tries to justify the the things he said, you know, without saying he's trying to break him up. He goes and catches her and apologizes. She says that she doesn't want to talk about her boyfriend anymore because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Anyway, he agrees to back off, but in an interview, we can we can see that he's gotten under Miriam's skin. They pinky swear not to talk about the boyfriend ever again. Later on, on Patrick's last night in Paris, Miriam has a surprise for him. A river cruise. Patrick says that he has really fallen for her and is trying to convince us and maybe himself that what he's really concerned with is her well-being with her boyfriend. Or maybe that she wanted out of the relationship. I don't know. Whatever whatever made him look better in the situation. So anyway, they get to this like honeymoon table at the back of the boat, um, which seems to be set aside. And there's all these wines and a whole romantic setup. Since this is the last uh, meeting, it's also his last chance to tell Miriam how he really feels, as if she didn't already know. So he goes for it. He tells her that he uh, respects the friend thing, but it's more than that to him. And he asks, if you don't have a boyfriend, would I have a shot? Anyway, she seems pretty bleh about the question and says, yes, because you're respectful and kind. But it was just bad timing. In an interview, she says she's always dreamed about a man who fawns over her like Patrick does, but Destiny has different ideas for them. She tells Patrick that she feels bad because he is ready to make a woman happy and Um, He deserves to do that. Patrick turns the tables and asks, well, what makes you happy? She says the things that he's saying are the kind of things she wants, but she just wants it to come for her boyfriend someday. Patrick just tries for pity at this point because he is disappointed that he has to go home single and he'll just have to deal with that. After the cruise, Patrick pulls her aside to say his goodbye speech. He says, thanks. I appreciate everything you've done this week. And also, can I be your boyfriend? (laughs) Anyway... She says that this is not really possible because of a distance and her boyfriend, but you're still an awesome guy. Anyway, after she drives off, she tells us that he gave it his he gave it his all and it just didn't work out. Now, I thought we were going to leave it there, but apparently not. A sad Patrick is on his way back to the airport for his on his birthday. Well, he'll be leaving yeah, without even a goodbye, I know, for Miriam. After a 12-hour flight, which again seems excessively long, he gets mm, home to a message right. from Miriam 
who says 12 hours to, from Paris to Louisville? Should be like eight or nine. He had to have a layover somewhere. Eight or nine to like London. Paris and London are 200 miles apart. He probably had a couple more layovers then. Because I think I were like, I think, but also coming from LA, it takes me about 12 hours to get to Paris. Yeah, but it takes me seven hours to get to London. Okay. Five. Guess, guess how far the flight is from LA to DC. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, so um, he gets packed up at the airport by his mom, Latite, uh, who is very emotional about the whole thing and also glad that Miriam is out of reach in Paris. All right, so. Uh, who was worse here? Like, who was making worse life choices? Was it Patrick or Miriam? Uh, I mean, the situation isn't good. I mean, Patrick has really nothing to lose by kind of putting his feelings all out in the line. And I sure. know he thinks of it as being romantic by doing that. So, I don't think... He was trying to be malicious in any kind of way. Like, he thinks, like, this, it's all good when it comes to love, you know? Like, some romantics kind of think of it that way, you know? Uh, like all, The all's fair in love and war type thing, yes. I wouldn't even say all's fair in love and war, but I, I kind of feel like, uh, you know, if someone's like, well, what does it hurt for this person to know that I love them? Right. Mm. It's just like, mm-hmm. it's all love. It's all good. Right. So yeah, I'm just going to tell them that I love them. And, you know, what harm can come from love, you know? So I, I, he seems like one of those kinds of people that probably had that idea in his mind, you know, like right. there's nothing but love here. So how could this be wrong? So I think that's from his perspective, what's going on. I think what he's kind of not realizing is that it's really disrespectful and that yes. if she doesn't feel the same way, which she doesn't, it's just she's not going to see it as a good thing, right? Because I know he thinks like, oh, I can't go wrong with love. But you can if the other person doesn't feel the same way. You definitely can. You definitely can. Yeah. Like uh, he, he's not kind of considering he, – he's considering his own feelings and feeling, well, yes. I feel like I have to get this out. Right. Mm-hmm. And not feeling like – like, I don't know. I, th- I feel like that's something people might and, – and the thing I, f- I have to remember is how young both of these people are. Yeah. Right. And it's specifically in this one, Miriam seemed really young to me. Um, and it's definitely a mistake to be like – to not know, well, if somebody pours their heart out to you and you don't feel the same way, it just makes you feel like shit. Like yeah. it makes you feel bad and guilty that you don't feel the same way. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a – welcome thing it's like well how would it be bad if to know someone loves them and it's like mm-hmm. it's it's not even because it's not even professing the love he's asking her for something that yeah. she can't give him yeah right and 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 the thing but it just she she struck me as so so young especially the way like all of his overly sappy like compliments and overly yeah. sappy like way of saying it she was just like oh that's what every woman dreams of hearing and it's like that's because you haven't – that's because you don't think it's bullshit yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. But like, I don't know. It just – it it was – do you think she was really giving him mixed signals? Because he at some point said that. He got off the plane and she had texted, oh, I miss you. Thanks for coming or something like that. And he was like, that's the definition of mixed signals. 
No, when he said, like, her messages were mixed signals, I don't think so. But at the same time, if I was Miriam, I wouldn't have sent sent messages because I don't want it to be unclear. And I think that, you know, when some people are wrapped up in their feelings about someone, it, you know, they're always looking for any little thing to make it to, like, play up their fantasy and to justify like why they still feel for this person right so you're Uh going to interpret anything that might be arguably neutral as something incredibly positive like that's a sign she texted me you know even if she had texted him something that was like oh you know the weather sucks here or something like that it's like completely neutral right even it was just like Hope she you had a good. Hope you had a good flight. Me. It'd have been like, yeah. Oh well, she's chill. She's trying to keep in touch. She's trying to keep it going. That's yeah. right. And it, like, and it was because I, I see what she's trying to do. And it, again, it it just seems like it just seems like a young person's game, right? She's mm-hmm. trying to like she's trying to make you know she she values him as a person, and she is trying to like. Well, and I don't want to sure cut this guy out of my life. And she doesn't yeah. mind the attention. That's true. But she's like, I don't want to. I want to find a way to triangulate to not cut this guy out of my life because I do like right. him around and I do like him. But you know, in a way that uh, fits my life right now, and not really like realizing kind of like, no, you have to kind of cut that off. It, it, it yeah. is mean to, you know, it, it's more or less you're stringing him along, yeah. even if you even if you think you're not. Right. Right. Well, these are lessons you learn when you're. A little bit. Yeah, older, but, well, right? you learn you learn them by going through stuff like this, don't you? Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, let's talk uh, Larry and Jenny. So Jenny and Larry are still talking about the dinner where Jenny is crying and saying she doesn't understand him. She tells us that her family is offended and was wondering why Larry's acting like that. Jenny is mad and tells him she doesn't want him to stay in their family's house anymore. And Larry doesn't know what to say or do at this point. Jenny goes back and tells the family she's leaving, and they ask why, but she doesn't really give a reason why. Larry tells her sister, Rowena, that Jenny is upset because she feels that Larry disrespected the family. He apologizes for his actions as they get in the cab. Rowena tells us that they had cooked the dinner so they could all be together, and they just wanted both of them to participate. Rowena just advises that Larry just talks to Jenny, but he gets in the cab, and instead they just sit in silence. Larry tells us that he wasn't comfortable with the food and he had no idea that it would erupt into World War III. He observes that there is a cultural difference and he hopes that she can just not be offended and just put this behind them. They are back at the hotel and Larry thinks the best course of action is to give her some space, so he's drinking a beer by himself in the hotel lobby. He just wants her to know that it's just food. Jenny continues to cry and she feels like he doesn't understand her at all. She says he didn't appreciate what her family did. Larry, meanwhile, is at the bar ranting that he's not Filipino and isn't used to this. And it's the first time he's been out of the country and she needs to understand that. Larry thinks being here in itself is such a big deal that this is something that is so little. After his rant, he realizes he doesn't want to lose her over something like this, so he goes back to the room. Jenny doesn't think this is going to work out. She's on her phone and is basically ignoring him when he comes back into the room. He says he's sorry, and she says she's never cried over a man. Jenny admits that she thinks Larry loves her, and he says that uh, he wants to just give her everything, including his country and his life. 
She just turns over and continues to cry. I know, it's so gross. Uh, He starts to hug and kiss her and apologizes again and says he wishes he knew more before it happened. She finally hugs him back. Larry says that they can make it work. The next morning, Larry says that he cried all night and Jenny just says she doesn't want to argue. She says that they come from different countries and that's okay. She thinks he deserves a second chance, so she forgives him. It's raining, so they abandon their sightseeing plans and instead video chat with Larry's cousin and his Filipino wife, Carl and Annalyn. Larry hopes that once they meet Jenny, they will stop worrying. Jenny is nervous because uh, Carl and Annalyn have been talking mad shit about her. Larry tells him that she wanted to show Jenny that it would be okay if she moves there. Carl immediately starts in on her, saying that they have concerns over all the Facebook men she's been talking to. Jenny says they keep saying bad things about her, and Carl says not to come to the U.S. with an attitude like that. Larry sits back in silence because he understands that they're just trying to protect him. Jenny starts crying and asks why they don't like her. Larry says they just don't know everything, and he doesn't know what they want. And if they just keep telling them how they feel about each other, they'll come around. Jenny is now upset that his family insulted her and he didn't stand up for her. It's Larry's last day and Larry and Jenny go to the beach where for some reason Larry is stuck carrying everything. Larry says it's the most beautiful place in the world and he's with the most beautiful woman. Jenny gives the oh brother eyes, but then she gets serious. She's bothered that Larry didn't defend her to his cousin. She says that she's nothing like her cousin has accused her of. Larry says that, you know, his cousin tends to judge without knowing, and she can't let that bother her. Jenny is concerned about going to the U.S. and having negativity around. Jenny starts to tear up and say she doesn't want to see him. Uh, Larry apologizes for his cousin, and Jenny says that he's not seeing that she's hurt, and now she knows where she stands. Larry says his cousin means a lot to him, but not as much as her. She has a hard time believing that because he didn't defend her. Larry says they just need to prove them wrong, and Jenny says that he needs to defend her, and Larry agrees. Larry thinks that love will fix everything, and Jenny agrees. Larry is falling more in love with her, so he wants to ask her to marry him. Okay, so Jenny just seems like she's getting mad at Larry left and right here. Yes. Do you think that Jenny is too hard on Larry? Uh, yes, but not... Because she's wrong to get upset. She's, sure. But because she's blowing things out of proportion, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't think her family – and I've, this is definitely an experience I've had when, like, somebody does something you don't like and then it's it's the reaction. It's because the way she's acting around Larry is what's actually drawing the family's attention, right? Yeah. The way, like, you're obviously pissed at your, like, boyfriend or whatever. Like, this is awkward for everybody. Like, what are you doing? More awkward than he didn't eat the pork, which they may or may not have even noticed. But the fact she's like, they're all looking at us. They all know. I ran away and started crying. And it's like, that draws way more attention than anything that happened. Right, right. And so, everything just becomes – like, she's not wrong. He should have eaten the goddamn pork. He's I not know. wrong that when 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 his cousin is talking shit, he should say, "Well, you know, you know, we talked about that already," and blah 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 blah. Right? Like he should have stepped up and said something. But like to make it into, <sighs> I don't cry over men; they cry over me. Like yeah. that, it, it, it everything just goes it, every every discre- indiscretion goes to the max. Yeah, definitely, and I just. 
Larry, but why is he going on a rant like defending himself? Yeah, that part was bad. I mean, it was. It also was. Again, we, we we're stuck on how normal that food was. That was way too exotic for him. Yeah. And it it reminds me of like The Simpsons when when Homer brings uh, Mr. Burns some donuts and he's like, I don't like ethnic food, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, but he's like, I'm from America. I don't know. This dude has to eat just box macaroni and cheese all day long and nothing else, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, it's it, it, just the way he and I, I don't know. I I did. I was kind of you know got my hackles up about like how. He made it so this is America. In America, we don't eat anything like that. We don't go America. Like, dude, there's you can get any kind of food you want. Yes. He lives in like Orlando. I'm sure you can get whatever ethnic food, whatever nationality food you want. I'm sure can you can get it. Just go to the Epcot Center. Don't they just have that? Go whole to Epcot Center. It's all right court. there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, and you know, it just it really rubs me the wrong way. When these people who I wouldn't even say are super thriving based on what everyone else considers American standards. Doesn't this guy live in a trailer? You know, and it's like, right, I'm going to better this person's life, you know, like by inviting her into my life and my country. And well, I mean, know- okay, so I, 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 that actually makes like sense to me psychologically for somebody, right? If you think about it, if you think about you're struggling, one of the things you console yourself, one of the things you use to like get by is to be like, yeah, but there's other people that are doing way worse than I am, right? Well, who are these other people? They're the random starving people in the Philippines or or in Africa or whatever. So, yeah. So, it's it's my ability to fix my life and it makes you feel better about like your position and your lot in life if to imagine that like, well, at least I got – at least I'm better than all these people. Yeah, but then that's just like him thinking he's better than her and that he has to somehow well, yeah. help her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a it, – it's a bit like it, – it's it's a bit like uh, – it's a bit like short man syndrome, right? Uh-huh. We have, you know, so many so many guys who like are self-conscious about their height just like overcompensate with like other ways. So, if he's self-conscious about yeah. his class status, he's going to overcompensate by being like, well – you know, I I have to I, I have the ability to bring other people up and and you know you kind of you kind of dish out what you have to take all the time. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, it just it so bothers me when people think that other people in other countries are so far worse and that they right. somehow have to save them from their situation. Well, I mean, it, 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 the one that bothers me actually a little bit more than that. I don't know why because that's pretty bad. Is mm-hmm. um, the ones who think that everybody who's not American wants to come to America? Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's kind of in the same vein. Yeah, it is. I agree. It is. They're just like, well, of course they want to come to America, and like we've sent so many people, and like definitely it, it, in this one at least you can believe because you know he went to that house and it, it's conditions that he wouldn't imagine himself living in, right? But definitely, it's so funny. It was like. Go ahead and ask somebody from Germany if they want to move to America. Go ahead. Right. See how, I it know. Goes. See how that goes for you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think that wraps it up. And we have one more regular episode. So yeah, we're so we'll, bound to see. Well, we already kind of halfway saw one proposal. Oh yeah, we saw a we saw the we saw the non-proposal. Well we know we saw we saw the non-proposal. Like the, yes. the appreciation, but we saw an actual proposal with um, right. We just the have to see the other half, right. yeah. 
and then potentially another one with uh, Larry and Jenny. I guess, yeah. And, you know, a 25% chance that (laughs) Abby and Sean works out. Oh, God. (laughs) See, it's not good odds for this this group. (laughs) No, not really. Not really. I think that's why people liked this one is because, you know, if you're doing before the 90 days, there really is no... I don't even want to say obligation of commitment, but expectation of commitment in any way. I mean, at least in regular 90 Day Fiance, there is some expectation of commitment considering you're engaged. Yes. There's there's a certain aspect of we have to make this work, right? Right. and or this at is least we've like, agreed to make this work, right? Sure, so right. this group, it's kind of just a fucking free-for-all. Like, yeah. you could not exist. You could, you know, according yeah, to Patrick, like, be a different gender. Like, it, <laughs> it could be all over the map, you know? And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to end in any kind of commitment or proposal. So, so far, the numbers are not good. No, no, because I mean, we have one. We already we have one that is definitely a no. Uh, yeah, like Patrick a, and Miriam, they're out. Patrick and Miriam, they're out. Um, Sean and Abby, they're out at least for the season. Yeah, and uh, Courtney and Antonio, I, I don't really see them making. I don't approval. see them recovering, and I <laughs> even if they recovered, I Antonio is not thinking about a proposal at Absolutely all. Not. Absolutely there not. There is not no even way. Close. <laughs> Oh, hell freeze yeah. over first. Yes, definitely. Definitely. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, what about your student of the week? Oh, man. It's, it, it was tough. It was hard I, this week. Very I went, hard. I went with Jenny because I did say she blew things out of proportion, mm-hmm. but at least like she actually was angry over things that were worth getting angry about. Sure. And, um, you know, actually did, you know, express precisely what it was she was angry about and didn't have this weird like – backwards way of you know uh, sometimes you you get you should know what i'm angry about or blowing up about something else it isn't really the problem so yeah yeah, like i said tough to get tough to gauge no it really was and so i went with someone who really just didn't do Do anything anything good or bad and that was karini (laughs) i mean poor girl was just sitting there trying to translate but other than that she didn't really do much I don't know. Every every time, every time I have to, I see her take Paul back after everything. It gets a little yeah, harder. Yeah, that's like, true. You're just like, rougher. what's wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. All right. Basically. What about your dunce, Jesse? Like, who mm-hmm. does that? Just come on. God. I know, right? That's not a real thing. That's not a real. None of the things he did were real things. You don't give. You don't get on your knee to give anybody any kind of jewelry besides an engagement ring. The the appreciation ring you just made up. It's all crap. Oh my god! And the way he was like, I have something really important I need to do. Like, ah. So my dance is Antonio. Yeah. Okay. Every girl's worst nightmare—the guy that doesn't call you after you sleep with them, but instead just straight up abandons you. Instead, you thought you would avoided that because you're staying in his apartment, but now, now he can ghost you by going to his mom's house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness. All right. What about your lesson of the week? All right. So, yeah, I went with – I was talking about Sean's odds. Like, what's the point of staying in a relationship you think has a less than 50% chance is going to work? That is very true. I felt really bad. Yeah, I have a – It's a recipe for disappointment and it's it's, it's also a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you don't think the relationship is going to work, it's not going to work. Yeah. 
I have this story of um, I, I was friends with this couple because we all went to school together and we all studied the same thing. And I actually worked with uh, the guy and I was friends with the girl because she actually was in my sorority. And uh, he she was uh, applying to grad school. And so he already knew that there was going to be distance at some point, like in the near future. And so he had made some off comment to me like, Oh, yeah, when she breaks up with me, I'm just going to, you know, get really sad and get really super wasted. I was like, wait, you really think she's going to break up with you? And he's like, yeah. I was like, I don't understand why you're just waiting around for someone to break up with you then. And then he he literally turned around and broke up with her because and I was just like, okay, I didn't mean for that to happen, but I guess it was necessary. But like, I don't understand that if you think your relationship is doomed, why are you just waiting around for it to actually play out that way? It doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like the better move would have been like, shouldn't you guys have a conversation at this point about your future? Not necessarily somebody has to break up with somebody right now. Yeah, I but know, like, right? <laughs> but like, yes, it's like, it, it, it's right. Like, what, what's what's the point of waiting around just for somebody to drop the hammer on you? Yeah. All right. So my life lesson actually was uh, aimed towards Jesse. And coincidentally enough, I didn't even realize that I did this because I watched these on two separate days. But okay. it's actually pretty similar to my life lesson from, uh, you know, our other uh, HEA, the current season. But I said, don't ever do anything that remotely resembles a proposal with someone who is desperate for a proposal. Oh, yeah. Like you <laughs> have to you have yeah. to avoid any wedding related yeah. things like it's kryptonite. Don't get any rings. Don't be getting on any knees. Like, you know. Yeah. Don't even tie. If you need to tie your shoe, sit down. Like, don't, yeah. like it's like sit down on your buttons. It's like, yeah, don't do anything. Don't talk don't. about your future. Like, oh, wouldn't it be great to have a wedding here? Like, don't you do want, any yeah, of those kinds of things. If you want to surprise them, make sure the walking route you take doesn't pass a bridal shop. Just nothing. Right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Because this is, it's like, it's, we said, it's cruel and it's confusing. Like, she was just straight up confused. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God. It, it, it's. I mean, we—it's TV and everything, and it's—it's it's Darcy. She has all kinds of emotions, but that's sure. just like, man, gets that's. Could you imagine? Just, just like, here's the thing you always wanted. It's like, like yeah. Oh man, here's that, something that's that looks just, a lot like it, but it's also completely. Well, and not the thing is, it. is like to do that to get down on one knee. I need to ask you something. Okay, well, yes. that's you've already oh, you've God. already said that you, it. You're not confusing it with anybody else. Everybody knows what they what they think is happening right now. Right, and. And then to, to do that and then and pull it out but is is not. And it's like it would be like if a college, you know, we, we, we were mentioning this earlier about something else. You know, colleges send their acceptance letters and yeah. it either starts with it either starts with thank you or congratulations, right? Right. And could you imagine? Congratulations on applying to Harvard, but we didn't take you. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Cruel and confusing, exactly our point. <laughs> All right. So we will be back next week with are we going to cover just how many parts is the tell all? I think it's just one episode. Okay, awesome. So then we will be covering the last episode and the tell all next week. That's right. We will. Okay. Sounds good. So we'll see See you you then. then. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Good.